the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Biggest question most of us in life have is pretty simple. What is God's will for my life? We're going to look at God's perfect will today. We invite you to join us. An insightful, abounding grace coming up next. perfect will of God. Oftentimes we struggle with that, don't we? We want to know what God's will for our lives are. And oftentimes we find ourselves scratching our head, struggling with it. Well, the Apostle Paul lays out some clarity for us in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. We are looking at the perfect will of God today. Won't you join us? This is Abounding Grace from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner and today's program. The perfect will of God. I dare say, if you have talked to very many people, you will have heard a professing believer say something like, I really want to know the will of God. So maybe someone brings some particular issue forward to you, and he says, I really want to know the will of God on this. And you say, Okay, I was just reading in the Bible this morning in my devotions about X, whatever the issue is, and this is what God says. And he's like, no, 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 no. I really want God himself to tell me what he wants me to do. And you come back and say, but God has spoken, and his will for our lives is what he has said In his word, then maybe you quote the scripture again and you apply it to your friend's case. Then, of course, particularly if what you have said steps on his toes or goes against what he wants to do, what do you hear in return? The most famous rejoinder that is used today, and it should be on a Christian T-shirt, Well, that's just your interpretation. This kind of interchange is very, very common, and at the heart of it is dangerous confusion about the will of God and the Word of God, particularly His Scriptures. It assumes this. I don't want that. I want God to tell me. That is just your interpretation. This assumes that the Bible is all well, fine, and good, but it is only a pointer to God's will. It's not God's will itself. By the way, this is liberalism that has now infected a great many in evangelical Protestantism. It assumes also that we can live live in direct opposition to what God has said in his word, and yet still be in his will. I'm doing God's will, but you're disobeying God's scripture. 
No, I am doing God's will. The whole purpose of the sermon today is to teach you, hopefully, by God's grace, that we are not doing God's will unless we are obeying His word. This kind of idea is just plain folly, that I can be directly disobedient to Scripture, but I've got another source to know God's will. This, beloved, is Satan talking. It is also mysticism. It leads to the idea that every man can do what is right in his own eyes, but as long as I can put a little Jesus jam on the top, it's okay. Because I'm being truly spiritual, because I'm following what God's will is for me. But again, God's will is not a kite blown all over the place by changing circumstances or our feelings. God's will is fixed in the eternal heavens because God's word is his will. God has spoken and his word endures forever. And if we are not obeying scripture, then we are not doing God's will. We are doing our own will. And in the present context of Romans chapter 12, we are not being transformed and renewed, as we saw last Lord's Day, by God's word. But we are still thinking our own thoughts, and we are enslaved to them. It matters not that you think you are following the Holy Spirit and you have a spirit groove going and everything is just working out fine. All of that does not matter. All that matters for us is that God's will for us is revealed in his word. And this is his living voice directing our lives. And so Jesus said everything else is merely sinking sand. Do you remember Jesus' parable about the wise man who built his house upon the rock? What was that rock? He who hears these sayings of mine and does them is built upon the rock. And yet, the same troubles come to him who, as, as it comes to the wicked. But the wicked man's house falls down. The one who built on the rock of God's word. Is, is the one that endures forever. Now, it should go without saying for us, but unfortunately it does not, that scripture sets forth everything we need for our lives. That is, Paul says here in Romans 12, 2, it is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So every believer should confess this. Let's turn to 2 Thessalonians 2.11. I'm going to begin here as we look at more scripture than usual during the service today, simply because this is such a fundamental, widespread teaching. So let's look at 2 Thessalonians 2.10. Paul says, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that are perishing, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. Note that last phrase, that they received not the love of the truth, that they may not be saved. I remember the first time this verse was impressed upon me. It was by Pastor Smokey Stover, one of my now deceased mentors. He said something, and 
I was actually still wet behind the ears in the Reformed faith. That really astonished me. He said, everyone who names the name of Christ and goes to church is not necessarily a Christian. Well, I knew that. But the way he went about it was he said, I want to read to you this verse. They receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. That God has so connected his work of salvation in our individual lives and the love of his truth that without the one, there is not the other. Because what is salvation? Salvation is God giving us a new heart, right? And what does God write upon that new heart? His truth, his word. So if we don't love God's truth and love God's word and seek to obey it, then we don't really know the Lord. We can have religious trappings. We can say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We can sing Kumbaya. We can tell everyone that we are following this Holy Spirit. But if we don't love God's will, God's word, then we haven't partaken of God's salvation because these things are united. Hear the apostle in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. And note here Paul's testimony on the sufficiency of this truth that we're supposed to love. And this should be a very familiar passage to you. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction of righteousness, that the man of God may be made perfect or complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works, except when I need some other word from God. Because I don't really like what is written. No, perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. The sufficiency of Scripture also extends to the details of Scripture. Turn to 1 Corinthians 14, 38. Now, I need to preface this with a few remarks before I read this very simple verse. Paul in 1 Corinthians has been talking about a variety of practical issues. Christians not going to court against one another, suing each other, spiritual gifts, tongue-speaking, divorce, and remarriage. That being single is not a curse. In fact, being single gives you an almost better opportunity to serve the Lord without distraction. He's been talking about some very practical things like giving, sexuality, husband and wife relationships. Many today say, well, that was just Paul giving advice. You don't have to really follow that. Really? Well, 1 Corinthians 14.37 says, If any man think himself to be a prophet, which in context just means having a word from God like the prophets or spiritual having the Holy Spirit, let him acknowledge the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. Now, why did I read that verse? Well, it's twofold. One, note that all these specific issues Paul says, I have written these things down 
and they are the commandments of God. And second, if the Corinthians were to ask the question, how do I know what God's will is for my marriage? How do I know what God's will is for uh, a lawsuit or eating at a, a temple? Very specific issues. Where are you supposed to go? Well, let them just assume the position and talk with the Holy Spirit. No. The things that I write unto you are the commands of God. Which means the human language through a prophet is a sufficient means for God to convey his word to us. This was so impressed upon me when I looked at our Lord answering the devil's temptations. You know what he did three times. The devil, that foul fiend through questions and comments in Christ and Christ quoted scripture each time. He doesn't say, I'll just forget the Bible and I'll pull out the real weapon. What does he really say? Matthew 4.4 4, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now in context, what has come from the mouth of God. A secret hidden will of God? No. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy. In other words, for us what comes from the mouth is God, of God is what we are to live by. And the will of God for our lives is not, let me find a picture of Jesus in my spaghetti, or let me find an arrow in my bagel showing me the way that I'm supposed to go. No, of course not. What is written, what is written, what is written. That is exactly why in the prophetic books of the Bible you will frequently find the prophet and God being interchanged. That is the prophet who is writing or speaking. But God is the one who says, I say to you, I warn you, thus it is written, thus saith the Lord. Turn with me to Luke chapter 1, and you'll see something very astounding about how sufficient God's word is for us. How clearly it reveals his will for our lives, so much so that even the angels quote it. Luke chapter 1, verse 17. You, remember, you may remember that the angel Gabriel identifies himself here, and he stands in the presence of the Lord and says to Zacharias, And he shall go before him in the spirit of power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just who make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, I don't want to get into all the details other than to say he quotes from Malachi among other places, this angel Gabriel. Later on in verses 32 and 33, when the angel Gabriel, the same angel, comes to Mary, he says, and he shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. So here is Gabriel, an angel. You might think, well, the Bible's just for us. You know, we're, we're men, we're just dust, so we have to have the Bible. No. 
the angels know the word of God. And even in heaven, as they come here, they are quoting scripture. And there are several fragments from several prophecies from scripture that Gabriel quotes. The most identifiable of which is Isaiah. But the point here is, the angels know God's word. Do you? It wasn't written for them. It was written for you. And there is no division here between God's will and his word because they are the same for us. So the point I want to make is that we should never seek to draw some kind of division here between, well, there is God's word and yes, that is all fine and good, but I need to know God's will. No, 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 no. The apostles the prophets, the angels, our Lord Jesus Christ, all to a person, to a creature say, God's will is God's word. In every season of life, that is what they are looking at. That is what they are quoting. That is what they are living by. Therefore, we are never to look for a will of God that goes beyond what is written. Now, it's true that Scripture does not contain all of God's thoughts, but it contains all the thoughts that he intends for us to think. Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to God, and it is, it is a criminal ingratitude for us to say, but God, I need you to teach me specifically. I need you to tell me. I need to hear a voice of what you want me to know for here. No, no, no. Secret things belong to God. That what he has revealed, his word, belongs to us and to our children. Nothing more. The idea in Romans 12, because I'm trying to anchor here our understanding of God's word, of God's will to the flow of, of Paul's thought. So we see in verse 2, unless we are transformed by the renewing of the mind, then we cannot even understand what is written. It's too high for us. It's too wonderful. God has to come by his own power and glory and teach it to us. Perhaps the reason, brothers and sisters, that there is so much general discontent with the Bible today, so much scurrying around like little children looking for God to reveal himself in the sky or personal experiences or mystical encounters is that many who profess Christ today may not, in fact, be regenerated and therefore do not receive from God's own hand the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for others, it just may be crash ignorance because we live in an age of ignorance, and I confess my own ignorance. We have simply not been systematically taught Scripture anymore. By and large, most sheep in Christ's flocks are hearing sermons that are just jumbled together from who knows where. No systematic exegesis of Scripture. There are obviously some exceptions to this, but we must follow what God says in His Word, and that means in our preaching, which means our worship services are not designed around the perceived needs of unbelievers. 
Our worship services are designed to worship God and to bring his word to bear on whoever happens to be there on a given Lord's day. So our attitudes and our responses to scripture reveal the condition of our hearts. Let that be clear. Make sure you understand this. The condition of your heart at one level is no mystery. Now it may be a mystery to me, at least sometimes, and your heart is probably a mystery to you sometimes. As Jeremiah said, we don't even know ourselves. But please remember... You have a very good idea of where you are in your walk with the Lord. And maybe of your fundamental core heart commitments based upon your attitude to God's revealed will in Scripture. Because all whom he saves, when God saves that man, that woman, that young person, he brings with his saving power a love for his truth. That he writes upon our hearts. And when that love is not there, then that heart is not yet renewed. Now, it is true that we are going to grow in our love for God's truth. That is why Jesus prayed, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. I'm not denying sanctification, nor am I encouraging silly, paralyzing perfectionism. What I am encouraging is... That where God's, word, God's finger has been at work, there is a core, I want to do what God says in his word. That is what God does for us. That is not up to you. Well, that's your definition of discipleship. Wrong, wrong, wrong. Ezekiel 36, quoted in Hebrews 8. This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. I will give them a new heart. I will write my word, the written scriptures, upon their hearts. I will fundamentally change the nature of that heart so that instead of being a truth opposer, a truth debater, a truth questioner, it becomes a truth lover. We all grow in our understanding of God's word and in our love for his truth. But there is a core work that God does in every one of his children, and we should be very thankful that he does. When he takes away our opposition to his word and he renews us so that we love it and we want to obey it. So in Romans 12, Paul tells us there is no distinction between the word of God and the will of God. For us, they are both the same, beloved. What God has said in Scripture is His will. Now you might say, yeah, but God doesn't, the Bible doesn't say whether or not I'll be sick tomorrow. Those are secret things. Stop asking. The Bible doesn't say whether or not I should go to college or where I should go to college. Secret things. Stop asking. The Bible doesn't tell me how I'm going to die. Secret things stop asking. You see, when Moses told the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 29, and as Paul says here, that you may prove, or as we will see in just a minute, God's good will and perfect will. The secret things belong to him. They are beyond you and me. It's not that there are two wills of God. 
He just shows us all his will and not all his will. He just shows us his written word, the Bible. This is what he wants us doing, holding on to and believing. And when the Holy Spirit stops talking, we stop asking, period. So our text says, as we saw last week, we're not to be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds thanking God's thoughts after him so that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now please understand, proving God's will does not lead us away from Scripture, but directly to it. Well, that's all the time we have. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. It is our goal and desire that you would abound in grace through the preaching and teaching of God's Word. And that is why we come to you on a daily basis. Now, as we close out our time together, we also realize that some of these messages that are presented here on Abounding Grace are well worth reviewing again at your convenience. Maybe you joined us a bit late. Well, we have copies on CD. They're just $5. Mention today's date as you call or write to us. Here's how to get in touch with us. The phone number is 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're welcome to also visit our website, learn a bit more about us. We're at reformedheritage.org. Again, reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, if you would love to partner with us, if you're feeling led of the Lord to become a financial partner with us as we continue this ministry here on this station, please write to us at PMB number 402. And the address is 1484 Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California, The zip code is 95032. Or, again, simply call us, 408-866-5607. That's 408-866-5607. You're also welcome to join us for worship. Sunday services here at Reformed Heritage Church are at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. We meet at the Lone Hill Church 2 in the afternoon. Directions can be found at reformedheritage.org or by, again, calling 408 866-5607. We thank you for joining us and trust we'll see you again next time we get together for another broadcast of Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.